0: This is the Horse Radio Network. This is Episode 3 of Equestrian Legends. Hello, I'm Chris Stafford, and my guest this week is Kay Meredith, who has devoted her life to the sport of dressage. Kay Meredith was born on February 26, 1936, in Parkersburg, West Virginia. She grew up in Wood County, West Virginia, where horses were always a part of life and open shows launched her into the competition arena. Kay was the 1982 National Grand Prix champion with Domino and in 1983, riding Encore, was a member of the United States gold medal team at the Pan American Games in Caracas, Venezuela. In 1984, she competed successfully in Europe at Prix Saint-Georges and Grand Prix levels. Kay trained with notable European dressage masters, including Sweden's Colonel Bent Lundqvist, Ernst Backinger of the Spanish Riding School, and Germany's Wilfred Schmidt and George Teodorescu. In 1986, riding encore, she was a member of the US dressage team at the World Championships in Toronto, Canada. A year later, both Domino and Engard were placed on the shortlist for the 1988 Olympic Games. Between 1989 and 2001, Kay competed at all levels and won the Region 1 Grand Prix Freestyle Championship and Grand Prix. Kay has been a U.S. Equestrian Federation S-judge for over 30 years and is a popular clinician. In 1979, she was honoured as the American Horse Shows Association Horsewoman of the Year. She was a founding member and second vice president of the United States Dressage Federation and from 1977 to 1982 served as its president. In 2004, the USDF bestowed its Lifetime Achievement Award on Kay, who has also earned the USDF's gold, silver and bronze medals. Kay is the author of five books, including Affair at and Springs, set in a small town in 1920s West Virginia. Kay lives in Raleigh, North Carolina. She has two children, Ronald Kevin and Sean Wesley, and two grandchildren, Elizabeth and Kevin Aaron. Well, Kay Meredith, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining us.
1: Uh, it's an honor and a privilege, Chris, believe me.
0: Well, I'd like to begin, if we may, okay going back to the very early days where you grew up about your family which part of the world you were born and raised
1: well i was born and raised in wood county west virginia about as appalachian as you can get (laughs) from two wonderful parents who were a part of the greatest generation
0: and what did they do were they uh, horse people at all themselves
1: Actually, um, my father, uh, who, who lived a life of adventure of his very own, and I have since written a book about that, but uh, he left West Virginia at the age of 13 because he wanted to be an engineer on a steamboat, and in, by the time he was 21, he was the youngest licensed uh, engineer on, on a uh, steamboat on either the Mississippi or the Ohio.
0: So, what interest did they have in horses, and how did they encourage you at a, at an early age, Kay?
1: Well, they had grown up uh, on a farm in Wood County, and uh, that was at a time uh, where most of West Virginia did live on farms. And of course, we had my my uh, mother would uh, tell me the stories of when she was just a child, you know, six and eight, of driving. Uh, big, uh, you know, old Jeff uh, into the little hamlet of uh, of Waverly, West Virginia. And so, and even my father loved, always loved horses. And they were the ones who um, brought it to uh, my sisters and I very naturally. They so, never had an idea that any one of us would compete as much as I did, but...
0: So how did that come about? You said you had sisters too. Tell us about your siblings' involvement with horses and where that fitted in with you and your career. Were you the, were you the one that led the way, or did you follow one of your sisters?
1: No, I was the oldest one, and um, at the age of twelve, we were, we moved out of the little town of of Williamstown out to a farm, and um, and it was natural for us to have horses growing up, and. Um, I think my middle sister never really took so much to the riding as much as she did to the socializing of the shows that we went to. <laughs> but my youngest sister certainly did. She competed as well as I did. And my father had uh, built, uh, a, you know, a an old bus that he would uh, carry along so that we could uh, spend the night there. And we had an old uh, trailer, and we would over into Ohio since uh, Williamstown is on the, in the Ohio Valley, actually, uh, on the banks of the Ohio. So it was much easier for us to go to Ohio and show in little shows, and that's how it all got started.
0: And what kind of competitions were they at that point, Kate?
1: Well, that's, uh, that's when everybody had what we called open shows, at least in, um, in our area. Uh, That meant everything, but it was primarily Western, but it would be Western, uh, you know, uh, Western Trail Horse, Western Pleasure, uh, all that kind of thing. But primarily Western in the beginning until later when my father started to raise Arabians. And then we got into the Arabian uh, competition, and by that time my mother was an unbelievable pianist and organist would quite often go to the horse shows with us and play the organ or the show committee, actually. She she did several Arabian shows at High State Fairgrounds, as a matter of fact.
0: So what were your strongest and happiest memories of childhood?
1: All of it. Uh, I think the naivete of not realizing that in the eyes of the rest of the world that West Virginia was a backward place. For us, it never was and uh the and the openness of it we could uh, I could start in uh, uh, when I was in junior high at my where I lived and find my way all the way to a little hamlet south of Williamstown uh, and my girlfriend who lived uh, there would start and we would meet somewhere in the middle and i don't I'm not even sure that's possible now. I loved also the uh you know, went to a Burnt Hill Baptist church, or Methodist church, depending on which preacher was there. And it was called Burnt Hill Church because it had gotten struck by lightning and burned down twice. (laughs) And and I think uh, we had a wonderful, wonderful childhood.
0: Tell me about your education. Were you a willing scholar? How do you feel about that part of your life and and how it uh, set you up for uh, your adulthood?
1: Well, probably um, the fact that the only time I was not on the honor roll was uh, the the three weeks I missed when I had to have an emergency appendectomy. I I loved school, uh, contrary to the rest of the family and uh uh, however my mother had always loved school obviously my father who had had to study so hard to become an engineer on a steamboat when when uh you know he had left home at 13 and um i have always loved to study and i have never liked to get a poor grade
0: which part of school, then, did you most enjoy? Which, which subjects, and, and where, where was it you actually went to school, Kay? In Williamstown, West Virginia. And did you go on to college?
1: I went on one semester to West Virginia University and made the dean's list there when I decided that, that home ec was not for me. My mother had already taught me what I was ever going to need to know about that. <laughs> and it was only later... Um, that uh, and, uh, after I had married uh, Ron Meredith, that um, we decided to start a place where people could come to ride. And, of course, throughout Meredith Manor days was when I was made aware of the fact that that was where I needed to get my education, uh, going in the beginning to po- Potomac Horse Center. But eventually the biggest part of my education was certainly... Uh, from uh, Benck Lundqvist, uh, you know, from Sweden, and then after his death in Germany and Austria is where I got all of my, you know, primary education.
0: Well, you mentioned the uh, um, Benck Lundqvist, Colonel Benck Lundqvist, of course, uh, from Sweden, and you also, I believe, trained with Ernst Bachinger from the Spanish Riding School.
1: Uh, yes, that's what I meant when I said, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm sitting here looking at a personally uh, signed... Uh, autograph of him and one of the Lipitz honors at the Spanish Riding School, at a time when he would come over to visit at Meredith Manor because, of course, cowboys have always held the uh, absolute admiration of Europe, and it would be so funny to watch, uh, you know, Ernst come out of the house with chaps, cowboy boots, great big long spurs, you know, in a cowboy hat, and we had to film him <laughs> so he could take it home to Austria to prove. And he loved to ride the cutting horses. And of course, as anybody from the Spanish Riding School can ride whatever you put them on.
0: Well, you also um, it, it, um, helped along by Wilfred Schmidt of, of Germany, of course, and yeah. spent time with George Teodorescu, some really top names in the sport and, 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 and certainly I, and in horsemanship. you know,
1: I do. I, and I do have. Uh, I, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. When I, when, upon uh, Ben's death was when I spent so much time with uh, Wilfred Schmidt. What an unbelievable experience that was. And uh, when you ask me the biggest influences, it, it would have to be um, Bank and Wilfred, you know, and Ernst. All of those, uh, there were others, of course, but those three men were just, Uh, the bulk of my
0: uh, education. Well, of course, you um, made it to the uh, U.S. equestrian team, uh, the gold medal team at the Pan Am Games. You were members of that team in 1983 and 1984, competed in Germany and Italy, and uh, also made the shortlist for the 1988 Olympics. Uh, and, And of all those accomplishments, Kay, when you look back on your competition career which of those are you most proud of?
1: I absolutely cannot pick one one that I'm most proud of because as far as I'm concerned, it takes a whole bulk of experiences, education, to get to any expertise. As a matter of fact, that is my personal motto, is uh, education plus experience equals expertise. So at any one of those, uh, that you you mentioned um i I can't pick something that is the most important because one of one insignificant thing that is never that i never mentioned anyway was uh at the 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 um before um u s d f with a d i and they would always have uh, you know uh, the head of a Spanish riding school come over, and people were picked to go there. And when I got to ride there at a poor first level, and um, in, in, in at that spa, that that was a wonderful, wonderful point at that time. What I'm trying to say is, it's it's just a a series of mountains, and at any given time in your life whatever that mountain is, it'll be t- as tall as the next one, which is as tall at a different level.
0: When you mentioned the the U.S. Dressage Federation, of course. You were one of the founding members of that. And yep. uh,
1: guess what my number was, 007. <laughs> it really was. Now we have a big long one, but my original number was 007.
0: Well, tell us about those days then when you, you obviously you were active and continue to be active and also as a judge. You've been an S-judge now for many, many years. What is it that um, encouraged you, if you will, to take that time out of the saddle to become a judge and become involved with the sports administration? What, we, what motivated you at that time, Kay?
1: Uh, oddly enough, at the time I was very, uh, you know, Colonel Youngquist was working very hard, and he was very much against it because he didn't want me to spend time doing anything else. And I said, you know, Colonel Youngquist, this is an organization that will design our standards and uh, rules that we abide by, and I want to have a part of that, and that's exactly why. And I started as one of the peons, one of the worker bees, of the original con- of the original project. while well, I was there at the birthing, which wouldn't have ever happened without Jack Britt. But um, at that time, all I did was I would come home and I would use Meredith Manor's facility to try to unite our country with our newsletters. And I, I mean, I was one of the worker bees for a good while.
0: Well, you certainly were, and of course you were um, recognized for that with the U.S. Uh, Dressage Federation's Lifetime Achievement Award in 2004 and known to be a driving force in the sport at that time and, and continue to be for many years. So what would you, Kay, perceive to be your greatest strengths and weaknesses?
1: Uh, I think my greatest strength and we- weakness is, my greatest strength is the drive, I think, and, um, the, and the desire to um, never stop innovating I think my biggest uh, fault is to, to try to uh, invest upon others my own um, standards I, I think that's been a, uh, I hope I've overcome that now but I think When I was uh, early on teaching, I assumed that everybody had the same goals and aspirations. And I think sometimes I didn't evaluate the person I was working with well enough to realize that they shouldn't be pushed that hard.
0: Well, you were clearly very passionate about judging. Did that provide the avenue for you to Follow what you're so passionate about in terms of education, uh, and being a pioneer in many ways.
1: Oh, absolutely! I, uh, the the judging and learning what it was all about, um, and uh, and wearing my uh, pen thin in the process of putting comments at the end of tests, and and I know that me and my generation we have watched the judging standards change so much and the judges are so much better educated now we're um and and education is everything
0: when you mentioned of course those very top trainers from Europe that were influential as teachers for you would you regard those as your mentors who actually inspired you as well or are there other people that you met along the way to play that role.
1: Absolutely, those are the the teachers who inspired me. Uh at, beginning with Colonel Youngquist, I I would have to say if if there were one above the others, it would be him because he was relentless in the education, he and uh there were certain words um, that were never even mentioned, like pain, suffering, fear, hunger, whatever <laughs> I mean after all, he was a military man, and um, and those those were the inspirations.
0: What do you most value in life
1: uh, i for me, family and friends if you're if you're going to get that's what I
0: value, and
1: I always have
0: What upsets you, Kate?
1: Needless waste of talent.
0: And what gives you goosebumps?
1: A great freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably what got me. I, if you were going to ask me why I chose dressage, it, it had to be my earliest love of music, and um, and uh, that's. Probably the reason I I decided to go with dressage rather than you know eventing you know or jumping is because uh, I mean I cannot tell you what a huge library of uh, of music I have now and I absolutely love to choreograph haven't done that so much lately um, but you know I uh, I I just that's what gives me goosebumps. There are other things, of course. I'll tell you. One other thing is uh, is listen, listening to our our national anthem. I mean, I probably should have put that on top because that always brings tears to my eyes and um, you know gives me goosebumps.
0: Well, going back to your musical interests, you mentioned that your mother was a pianist. Did yes. that influence you as a child? Did you play the piano or any musical instruments?
1: Oh, I did. I, I, I took piano lessons for years, you know, starting from the youngest of my teachers until I was uh, almost through high school, and I, represented, I was her representative that particular year because, yes, I, you know, I was the oldest and most experienced at that time of her students.
0: So what type of music then inspired you and continues to give you joy and pleasure?
1: I like most all types of music, but I, I have to say, I, I don't like music that to me is not music, which we hear a lot of now, and I, I, and I don't even know the types, but I, I don't like uh, uh, I don't like music that isn't music. I don't also like, um, uh, you know, like most people, I, uh, I'm not really fond of Bach. I, I know that's probably in that whole uh, era of music. I love most of the rest of classical music, but um, I, you would find me liking uh, Italian or Spanish better.
0: And how about art and literature? Has that played a a significant part in your life, Kay?
1: Oh, absolutely. That's why I, in uh, in the last three years, had my first book published, actually. But I absolutely love reading. I don't care for um, light reading. I'm particularly interested in... uh, for some reason, um, medieval English and Irish and French um, uh, uh, literature—you uh, know—I uh, I, uh, anything that Anya Seton has ever written, I love. And and I I have just uh, well, I finished it quite uh, a little bit ago. Ken Follett's latest book is uh, *Fall of Giants*, which gives me the history. You know, actually, of the first. Uh, World War, but I like serious reading, really serious novels that include lots of authentic history.
0: Well, you mentioned there your foray into authorship in your own right uh, when you uh, produced um, that publication, Affair at Ball and Spring, about uh, life, love and murder set in a small town in in West Virginia in the 1920s, what drew you to to doing that? What, what well, that's was
1: Frank from. That's what I know, and I don't know if you're uh, familiar with Morgan Llewellyn, from, who is an Irish icon, um, who is a dear friend of mine, and she used to um, you would uh, her her name before the pen name was Sally Winter, and uh, she wrote with Linda Zhang and I. Four years before she became an international bestseller, and um, and I and I was just so excited when I finally had the nerve to send this little book to her, and and she did. You, you may have read that review from her, and it's because I had actually gotten advice: write what you know about, and I kn- that's where I grew up. Every one of those roads that. In there. And uh, Borland Springs was a very famous resort because, in those days, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, uh, you know, those awful tasting waters, the mineral waters, were such uh, famous places to go. So, this was really a gorgeous, beautiful place. And during the summer, my, my mother and her sisters would all work there before they went back to school in the fall. And so I knew what had happened of the murder and uh, the uh, blood stains on the spring, fo- uh, you know, the spring house floor that would never go away, regardless of how often you painted them. I put, uh, you know, I used that as a location, a real location, a real place. And, um, If you look very carefully and know your way around, you can find uh, the the ruins of it still.
0: Well, clearly that was your inspiration, but what was your motivation to become an author?
1: Well, I've always loved to tell stories (laughs) all through high school. I've always, as a second grader, if somebody wanted a story told, it was always me they asked to get up and tell this thing that I made up as I went along.
0: So, how do you overcome adversity, Kay?
1: Well, uh, I suppose I do what everybody else does and just solve the, you know, try to put out the highest fire first. And I, like most people, after you've lived this long, there's certainly been a lot of that. A lot, uh, you know, and I always figure somebody else has got a worse problem than I do, and um, I, I think I rationalize it out that way first. And I'm very fortunate to have a real, real support system. Uh, our family supports one another when there's bad health, you know, or any other kind of a problem, but. Uh, like our parents who who brought us up, we never we were always taught that you had to keep a clear mind. The last thing you would do would be to resort to pity and you just work harder and and uh for sure, you never medicate or drink. <laughs> you know <laughs> I was raised by a clutch of Irish mother and aunts, and while men. Can drink all they can. It was the worst thing in the world for a woman to drink, smoke, or get a divorce. <laughs> well, I got a divorce, <laughs> but I never drank or smoke. So, you, the whole deal is keep a clear head and just rationalize right? somebody else has got it a oh, whole lot rather. Have my own problems than somebody else's, and so how do I best go to solve them and then uh, then sort out uh, which is the ball that's going to hit you first and throw it back. First.
0: Does anything intimidate you?
1: Well, um, I, I absolutely. Um, with, with, would you, uh, you know, I, I can tell you a very simple thing that just really intimidates me because I have no sense of direction, literally, never have, and getting lost will scare me more than um, having to go get chemo once a month. I mean, uh, in the last uh, five years, I've had to do so much traveling, and in some places I've had to uh, find my way from the airport to the, the place, and, and that, that really frightens me. Now, that may seem like a little thing to you, but you probably have a good sense of direction.
0: What entertains you and makes you laugh?
1: What entertains me and makes me laugh? Well, right now, it's watching my grandchildren grow up. And I also love to watch America's Funniest videos. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, there are lots of things that make me laugh. Um, you know, but if you're going to get on... On one thing, I mean, you know, I just love watching people look worse than I do on America's Funniest videos. (laughs) So, uh, but I'm always laughing with my family. Even when things are tough, we laugh.
0: Well, you've been known for many years for your leadership, your persistence and creativity, Kay. Do you, and have you had a life motto that has helped you through life?
1: A life motto, Um, I I think I have more than one motto. You know, I already told you one of my mottos, Um, but um, the one that helps me most with my career is the one that education plus experience equals expertise. And sometimes when I uh, look at everything else, that motto also works but but I always go back to the colonel's motto which was hard work pays off so I guess that would be the two
0: Have you experienced a single life-changing event something that was pivotal and defining in your life?
1: Well I've done a lot of that <laughs> <laughs> you know Uh, And I don't think um, that I could even begin to say to pick one because there are all kinds of pivotal events that happen in your life. Sometimes they're very thrilling ones and sometimes they're very daunting ones. I have to say um, uh, life turned around uh, several years ago when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, you know, and, and you just stop everything else and work on that. Um, but um, the, there have been many pivotal 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 events in my life such as the, the education in Europe. But I couldn't, I can't pick
0: one. So today when you look back on your life what Gives the most meaning to you, and does it? Does you, do you get the fulfillment of what you need and what you get today? Does that match up?
1: It, it does match up. There were times in my life when I felt a lot of guilt about being away from my family when I would be, because I had to go to Europe to get my education, and and some and my children were young at the time, and um, but taken all around they're very proud of what I've done but at the time you don't know if they will be or not and um, but I do take I do do think it has all evened out if that's what you mean the sacrifices um, that have that I've made for the gains I have made have all evened out Is, is that what the question really was
0: Yes. Yes, I think so. Absolutely. And when you look at the sport now and how it's developed in the world of dressage over the years, over the course of your lifetime, how do you view this now, Kay, when you, when you reflect on it?
1: The, um, the accessibility of competition between the countries so much easier now. Oddly enough, I think if you did the percentage, it would still be one percent of all the athletes and all the uh, uh, all the types of sports are the are the ones who end up representing countries. As, however, in the equestrian world, it it has uh, developed to the place where. Dressage is everywhere. It has even uh, affected um, something so far away as raining. I'm sure you must be aware of that. Uh, You can't believe how many uh, rainers now understand you have to really know how to make a flying change because the first one that went to a dressage rider and learned how to make a correct flying change made it necessary that everybody else did. And the same in the hunter world. Um, and that's a result of the effectiveness of what we've done in dressage. Does that make sense?
0: And where do you see the sport going now as you watch from the sidelines? Um, or the t- from sea. Or C. as I
1: watch from C <laughs> and, and the clinics and the seminars. Um, where do I see it going? I uh, still see the same Problems in this country because we are so big. We are just so big, and we don't have enough uh, uh, um, instructors with a, um, an all you know, an education from Europe because that's where it, what it takes. Uh, so I see we still are dealing with that problem, and we need to work. We need to somehow develop more people who are really capable of imparting the principles of every movement from training all the way up because as a judge, and S judges, we get it all because we're we're the the most feasible because we can judge training through Grand Prix. And uh, where I see it going is hopefully more people getting more understanding so they're are more qualified instructors available to our sport. It's interesting to me now that reigning is a part of the World Championships, right? Um, Now the, the Europeans are having to come to our country to learn how to win, and they haven't done that yet. And it's really been fun for me to watch that metamorphosis. Now, uh, uh, in the beginning, when dressage, we got the second-rate horses from Europe, you know, and paid a lot of money for them. That doesn't happen anymore. But now it's happening in the reverse with raining.
0: So what is a day in the life of Kay Meredith like these days, Kay?
1: Well, I'm usually out to the barn, uh, coaching um, my understudy at the barn, and then uh, in, in midday, I may head down to Fayetteville or uh, toward Fayetteville uh, or actually uh, Fuquave Arena and do a, uh, do a clinic or do lessons. So, uh, and as we get into the show season. On the weekends, I'm usually flying out on either Thursday or Friday and back Sunday night or Monday morning, um, judging or doing clinics. And in between, you know, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm getting ready for the next trip.
0: Are you doing any writing?
1: Writing? Yes. You know, um, I actually have written five other books. uh, uh And I actually did most of that writing after my late partner died as a result of a horse accident. And I was able to get my education there through Denise um, Guess, uh, uh, who was a professor at Rutgers, who passed away last year. But I just haven't had the time to start another book. Because I've been awfully busy with other things.
0: Well, as I mentioned, you have two children and two grandchildren now. Who are your biggest supporters and what does that mean to you?
1: Who are my family? All of my family. But if you want to know the most vociferous ones, it would be my grandchildren. <laughs> they have told me I'm their favorite, Nana. <laughs>
0: So what does the Internet mean to you, Kay? Because as a writer and a communicator, uh, this, of course, is a fairly new tool to you. What does it actually mean to you? Oh, my
1: goodness, it's it's everything. You know, it's the ability to connect with the whole world, which you have to do, um, uh, you know, in the process of doing all the traveling. And uh, for me, the Internet, it's where I get the downloads for my tickets you know, my itineraries, and um, uh, I, I don't, it's something that crept up on me quietly, but now I can't get along without fax machines, the internet, downloading cell phones, uh, because that's how you keep in touch.
0: Do you have any words of wisdom for people coming into the sport or to become horsemen and women today, Kay?
1: Uh, well, if there, it, it would be work hard and be humble coming into the, uh, to the uh, sports world and expect to learn slowly but thoroughly.
0: And at the end of the day, when you close your door, Kay, what matters most to you?
1: Family and friends. Wonderful. What else? For me, there's nothing else. There never was.
0: Well, Kay, I want to thank you so much for spending time with us. It's been a pleasure to have this conversation with us, and thank you so much for being part of Equestrian Legends.
1: As I said, I am so honored, Chris, and you are a wonderful questioner.
0: Please join me again next time for another episode of Equestrian Legends. Until then, thank you for listening.